Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm Iman Rastagari, sitting in for Matt Weber, and today I'm talking with Mike Palmer and Esther Lee from Kaplan. Mike started at Kaplan as a teacher, and since then has led the company through a series of digital transformations leading to the launch of their live online initiative. He is now Kaplan Vice President of Digital Media. Esther is a former special education teacher who graduated from HGSC's Technology, Innovation, and Education program in 2014 and now works as the Director of Program Development at Kaplan. Mike and Esther, welcome to the Harvard EdCast. Thanks. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'd like to start off with a question I'm sure is on the minds of many of our listeners. Back when I was a student, and now as someone working within the field of education, I've always thought of Kaplan primarily as a test prep company. Now, one might assume that test prep is focused on the assessment side of education instead of on the teaching side. So I was wondering, as learning designers, how do you see pedagogy and assessment intersecting? Sure. Uh, Maybe I'll start, and then we'll see uh, where Esther wants to take us. So uh, part of it certainly has to tie to assessments uh, since we are preparing people for a high stakes exam. Um, I think the pedagogy ultimately becomes a little bit closer to performance support uh, and trying to figure out how to help the learner sort of perform at an optimal level. Uh, So I think there's a combination of understanding the structure of the assessments, uh, designing the learning objectives accordingly so that they're perhaps a little bit more performative learning assessments, uh, sorry, learning objectives. And then um, I think a lot of the tips, in addition to being uh, more instructional about the content, are also very much tied to uh, optimizing your performance. Uh, And particularly of late, I think Esther's really helped us with this. We've started to focus a little bit more on non-cognitive, motivational components, um, growth mindset, Uh, rather than some learners might feel like, I'm just bad at math. So one of the things we have to do as instructors is sort of break through those constructs they might have. Uh, Same thing where like, I'm just bad at tests, where we have to kind of almost help them restructure how they think about themselves as someone who's gonna sit for those exams to help them sort of achieve higher levels of performance. And uh, we found that to be really helpful for test prep And then now as we've sort of uh, begun to diversify a little bit of what we do, so we now have um, developer boot camps and data science boot camps that we're uh, sponsoring, uh, we're finding that a lot of the sort of informal dynamic, the supporting of the learner's ability to perform at her highest level has become much more fundamental really to, to who we are. So we still understand the test as this hurdle that our learners are gonna have to get over, but we're more about providing the right tools to give them the confidence and the the belief in themselves uh, that they need to really perform optimally. Yeah, uh, and Mike touched upon uh, a lot of this, but we, I would say, focus less on just the tests themselves, but really on the teachers and the learners, um, both their experiences. So we make sure that we get the best talent there is to be the teachers. Um, we have a very rigorous training program for our teachers, and we make sure that they have the flexibility with the curriculum to teach to the needs of individual students. Um, 
And the learners also, uh, as Mike mentioned before, uh, we believe in growth mindsets, so making sure that students also know that they can do better um, and it's possible. Uh, and with a special education background, that's really important to me that no matter what um, margin of the bell curve you're in as a student, that you know that you can be either in average or go above your quote unquote average score. Um, so we push for that a lot. Uh, the teachers help us, the curriculum is designed in a way that allows for uh, teachers to do that. The way that you approach learning and learning design, do you see that approach as being different from a traditional either classroom or on online learning experience? Or is it a different type of educational experience that you're providing? Or do you feel like you're trying to solve many of the the same problems and answer the same questions that more traditional educators are? Um, I, I don't want to compare Kaplan to you know, every uh, company out there, but I, having worked here for six months, I've been very impressed with how much we take into account the individual learners um, and the individual teachers, as I mentioned before. Um, there's a lot of flexibility in the curriculum. It's not, uh, you know, the way teachers are speaking, they're so knowledgeable and such experts in the test prep business that you would think that it's all uh, scripted and they have to say exactly this. Uh, but the teachers are trained to a point where they know the tests inside out and their students inside out. Um, they know the environment very well. Uh, they know their TAs well and they work well together. And so, uh, regardless of student behavior and their challenges, they're able to uh, think on their feet and uh, be flexible and make changes accordingly. Um, and this isn't curricular changes. I think the curriculum is already good as is. Uh, it's just um, that personality that a teacher brings in the classroom when you recognize, okay, there's this one student in the corner who's just not engaged at all, like what do I do? That actually exists in the online classroom uh, and to me that is super impressive and to me that's what really stood out about Kaplan is that you know we provide that flexibility and that individual attention to the students. Yeah, I think it's a great question. Uh, agree with the take that, uh, that Esther had. I, I also think from a instructional design perspective, getting back to the point at the top, like I think because there's a performative element at the end, some of the learning objectives might be slightly different. It's kind of like if uh, if you were teaching someone to golf or to ski or to perform some kind of complex task, that's slightly different than teaching them chemistry. So like we frequently have to teach both the content domain but then also the application of that to the, the hurdle at the end. So, so that's one, one thing that's probably slightly different about Kaplan. Um, what my job's been more about, I think is more uh, extensible in that it's solving the same basic problem of connecting a great instructor to as many learners as possible. And then I like to say that, you know, our platform has two sides where there's not just the learner, there's also the instructor. And how do we design to solve the instructor's problems, not just the learner's problems, is a pivot that Again, bringing Esther in, I think, has helped accelerate that pivot. But it's very much more the orientation that I'm trying to adopt, which is great when we do start to enter into new domains like teaching data science or teaching how to code. While the, 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 the pedagogy and the instructional design may be slightly different, 
the digital tools that enable that delivery to extend to a broader audience are pretty common and uh, can be shared. And we can get better and better at that. So, uh, so I think that's the angle that we're trying to pursue because test prep is a relatively small slice of the learning needs that are that our country's facing these days, that our world is facing these days. Um, and then understanding the new media, digital media capabilities that can kind of facilitate better learning experiences, like that I think is broadly applicable kind of regardless of the, the pedagogy or the, the particular learning objectives that, that go into uh, a piece of content. Tests change every year. How do you, as learning designers, approach this uh, need to adapt your curriculum as you're adapting the delivery method at the same time? Um, another really good question. Uh, we've hired in uh, a good amount of learning science expertise, psychometricians. Um, we have a chief learning officer at the ink level and then a uh, great team at our division who focuses on learning science. Um, the, the learning science at Kaplan obviously has to include uh, assessment design. Uh, back in the early days when I was teaching, uh, we would teach our students to think like a test maker. Uh, and I think that, that still applies to a certain extent. I think what our learning science team is doing is they're thinking like a test maker when designing the assessments that we design and when designing the curriculum around that. Um, so, so I think that's kind of how we do it, where it is challenging where we have to play catch up and we have to do as, as much intelligence as we can to figure out what exactly is gonna be on the next version of the LSAT or the SAT or the ACT. Um, but um, the good news is we've been doing it for 80 years. So like we, uh, we continue to, to study that stuff and um, I think we do find that there is a distinction between what is unique to a particular assessment and then what can be managed more in terms of a delivery platform. And fortunately, that's a pretty, pretty clean distinction where um, you know, the delivery capability can kind of power pretty much any type of curriculum. The, the, the variables tend to be more um, how performative is how um, performative is the uh, curriculum? So uh, even outside of the test prep, more when you're teaching someone to code, for example, they have to be coding. And then when you take that digital, the the needs become very different. It's more about sharing uh, a collaborative digital space, so you could do paired programming online, which is different from I'm teaching you organic chemistry, in which case it's a little bit more of a, a lecture dynamic. Um, so it's a great question. Uh, I, I believe that the, the tests don't change just for the sake of changing. I think it also changes due to the changes in the population, the personalities of the generations and the ecosystem. Um, so Kaplan does a great job, I think, continuously researching. Uh, as Mike mentioned, we do have a huge learning science, um, just ongoing research, uh, thorough uh, and consistent uh, throughout all our products. And 
that means that we're not just researching into how do we adapt to the new tests, but also to the new populations that are coming up, the different students. Uh, students are used to different types of technology as we change generations. Um, and because we do have experience for 80 years, uh, it could be some, somewhat easy for us to get comfortable with our solutions, quote unquote solutions, uh, but we don't because the tests are changing and because the ecosystems are changing. So we're constantly thinking this isn't the end all be all. Uh, we're gonna continuously make things better um, and do research. So not getting too comfortable um, and con continuously being innovative I think is really helpful. It is interesting, every time a test changes, it's both an existential threat and an opportunity. <laughs> uh, and the fact if you are put at risk that often as an organization, you develop the ability to adapt fast and figure out how to move as fast as the world is changing. Um, so uh, it keeps us on our toes. Testing often raises questions of equity in terms of education and whether all students have the same opportunities. With the digital approach that you're taking, it seems like a big goal is to have your coaching reach as many students as possible. I'm wondering what thoughts you have on how the work that you do can increase equity around this issue. We've made some moves, I, I talked a little bit about it recently, to go to like a live stream, interactive live streaming as a really scalable way of teaching. We also recently uh, signed a partnership with the ACT to be their exclusive live prep provider for, uh, for, for the ACT. And um, with that, if a, if a student qualifies for tuition assistance or free lunch, they get that course for free. So for me as someone who's been a Kaplan for many years who loves to help individual learners the one challenge has always been is it is a gap widening or gap narrowing and it's nice that the technology is now allowing us to enter modes of delivery that can increase access and meet the learner where she is uh, where we're even reaching learners who maybe we were not providing our, our capabilities and services to before. So I do think technology can be a great uh, equalizer um, and a great way to extend access. Um, I think the challenge at times is the, the digital readiness of the learner. Like, are they ready to learn online? Like, how do they feel about online learning? Uh, frequently, there are a lot of preconceptions around a Coursera course they took or maybe a mediocre uh, undergraduate program that they, they, they took a few courses in. Um, so getting the learner to kind of break through their preconceptions, understand the same, same device that you play Candy Crush on can help you learn uh, is a, a barrier that we're still trying to break through. The good news is I think time is on our side. So like there are generations emerging who are just expecting this to be there, um, but, uh, but I think That'd be my answer in terms of like these new capabilities. Like it is exciting to understand even the economics of it. Like, cause for Kaplan, uh, we are, we're a for-profit company. Like we're trying to stay, uh, stay cash flow positive and like all the things that we need to, to focus on. So we have to understand an economic model that makes sense. So like when you hit that scale, like if scale no longer becomes a barrier, particularly for synchronous, which we think is important, uh, it can open up more like mass market plays that are cheaper uh, and potentially paired with um, some kind of tuition, tuition assistance or fee waiver kind of uh, model. Uh, we're actually very hopeful about that becoming a, a, a big driver of our growth in the next few years. 
So the, the work that you're doing sounds like really hard work, uh, but really interesting and really important work. So I just want to thank you both for, for taking the time to share uh, a peek behind the curtain with all of us. Mike Palmer and Esther Lee both work at Kaplan. Mike is the Vice President of Digital Media and Esther as the Director of Program Development. Mike and Esther, thanks so much for joining me on the Harvard EdCast. Thank you. This is a lot of fun. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your guest host, Iman Rastagari. Thanks so much for listening.